So yes, we've been looking at Isaiah 9-6, Everlasting Father, which is kind of an odd, odd name for Jesus. Most of us grow up thinking, I want to be just like my parents, when you're little. Because parents, when you're little, they're just so awesome. They can do all the stuff that you can't do. They're like many gods. You just think, I'm going to be like them, my mum or dad. And then they get your kids. If you're a parent, you send your kids to school, and this terrible thing happens. They come home, and you say, oh, you know, wh- you know why is the sky blue? And you say, because of such and such. And they say, but Miss so-and-so said... And you realize that suddenly the parents are the authority figure. Sorry, no, the teacher's the authority figure. We are majorly shaped by our parents or caregivers. Some people even say, you're not grown up. You're not a grown up until your father's died or your mother's died. Now, that's pretty harsh, um, and people live a lot longer, but there's a little bit of truth in it. I don't think it's the whole truth. We are majorly shaped by our parents or caregivers. And the influence of our fathers and mothers is massive. Whatever you grew up with is your normal. You figure everybody's like that. And when you get married, that's the thing that gets to marriages all the time, is that both people get married, get together, and they assume that whatever they grew up with is normal. But actually, their normal turns out to be different to their spouse's normal. Anybody married here experience that? <laughs> Funny that. Actually, the Bible recognizes that parents are shaping. When the father image is used in Isaiah, it talks about God, you are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter. It is, at times, for me, the scary thing about being a dad was that we are shaping our kids, and we really want to shape them well, but they get the good and bad of us. Um, and Isaiah says, God, you are, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hand, but... What if your fathers stink or absent? If, what if you had a ratbag father, a Darth Vader, or a rage monster? Then the idea of an everlasting father is actually horrible, isn't it? So it would matter what an everlasting father would be like. It is a little odd for Christians who generally think of Jesus as the Son of God, the Son. And so we talk about God the Father. So it's a little odd that Isaiah would apply. Oh, have you got anything up on the screen? No. I I think it's quite possible if you go front of stage and then go to uh, SB on the other thing. Oh, excellent. There you go. There's Darth. Um, It is a little odd for this title to be applied to Jesus. Maybe we should stop and think about what everlasting Father might have meant at the time of Isaiah and the time of the New Testament. And here's some things we know. We know that in the culture back in in the first century was that only men could run a household. There were no households with single women. It wasn't, in their world, it wasn't possible. It was a very strongly male, old boys, patriarchal society. So when you talk about everlasting father, then part of what it was saying is this is the tribal leader, the one who calls the shots. Now, there are matriarchal societies, um, and uh, it's just that the culture in which this is written, it isn't. So it tends to be blokes. And So when you say everlasting father, part of what you're saying is the one who holds the power and responsibility. And in fact, the early, the early Jewish writers also 
saw the whole nation of Israel as being God's son. In Exodus 4.22, it talks about it talks about Israel, my firstborn son. In Hosea, it talks about calling Israel as a child out of Egypt. In Isaiah 63, Israel declared, our father, even though Abraham does not recognize us, which is a really odd phrase, and we'll come back to that a bit later. So we kind of have to ask, what kind of father? And actually, when you go into the Bible and you start reading about this, here's the kind of character of the father we're talking about. He will not always accuse or harbor anger forever. So rage monster, not so much. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities, which is a long word for the stuff we do wrong. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. A father marked by love. And as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions, the stuff that we screw up with from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This is a father it would be all right to have as everlasting. Loving, forgiving, welcoming. Israel tended to take the roles because the father was this authority figure. Israel tended to take it and say, well, that applies to kings. And so this is what they expected of kings. From Ezekiel 34, now this isn't the exact words because this was uh, an indictment. Uh, The king was doing bad. And why was he doing bad? Because he wasn't feeding the sheep or strengthening the weak or healing the sick or binding up the injured or bringing back the strayed. These are the characteristics of the kind of thing they expected for an authority figure to tell you what kind of father are we talking about. I know this is theoretical. The father who would defend the weak and the fatherless and uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed and seek the weak and needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. I tell you this because everlasting father is supposed to be good. And in our culture, father isn't always good. We're mixed bags. But I tell you this for another reason. It wasn't just for the Jews this intriguing bit in Isaiah 63 where someone writes, you are our father, though Abraham does not know us or Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our father, which is the oddest of scriptures to appear in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is so focused on the Jews, the insiders, and what this is saying is, hang on, God, you're my father, even though I'm an outsider, which is the bit where it kind of comes home for me. Psalm 68, 5. A father to the fatherless, to the orphan, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Because at this point, the story becomes mine. I have an earthly father, Ian Wood. He did a good job. Well, I'd like to think that. (laughs) Um, He tried to be a good father, as I have, and I haven't always succeeded. When Isaiah talks about everlasting father, he talks of the father who will always seek you, always forgive you, always welcome you. He talks of the prodigal's father waiting at the gate, keen to run and meet you. One who has a heart for the poor, the people of the margins, a father to the fatherless, which means an everlasting father who is keen to adopt you, to welcome you into a family. And that became my story 
Because it turns out that I have a problem with my heavenly father. And it came up in those words we read, sin, iniquity. I fight against God. That sin, that stuff gets in the way as sin does. Sin loves to destroy. No, actually, sin doesn't love anything. It just destroys. That's the failure of sin is it never loves, cannot understand love. And I could not deal with that sin, that part of me alone. I needed to be adopted, which is why Christ came. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. That means father of the orphans, father of the fatherless, you are welcome to join God's community, to have an everlasting father. I needed a heavenly father. I needed a father to the prodigal son running to meet me, adopting the orphan And Jesus does this. He does it for me. He will do it for you. Welcome you into a family where there is no shame. Where the worst that you can do does not cut you off. God will wait at the gate waiting for you. You may have been disowned by your biological family. You may have a ratbag father, an absent father. You may have family that is screwed. All of us do to some extent or the other. The everlasting father is is itching to adopt you into a family. Teach us all how to live well. A good, good father. For to us a child is born, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.